We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, more Gresham Fourier. On WEEI and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. All right, so you just heard Bill Belichick here, Regression Fourier. He was a part of our um, lunchtime hour, let's say. 12.03 is the uh, time. You know what's weird is I had to plug into another headphone thing as well, and every time you talk to Terp, it cuts him out. Now I'm starting to get affected by t- you. Being listen, affected. it's not me. I'm. It's the it's the shrapnel effect. It's like should be a new movie that they make. It's like how everything it's goes crazy very inside a studio. And I saw Ken walking around. We should probably. I'm gonna go grab him and have him fix it. I would think alerting think he's him. Got a, would, he's got an Allen wrench. I uh, <laughs> I think fixing the microphone he'll be able to do. I, I guarantee the, you he can't think, fix it. I think the uh, the headphone things that's gonna be. Uh, how about your guy Miggy? Huh. Your guy, Miggy. M- Miggy? Miggy, what's his name? Who? Miggy. Miggy, I didn't know there was a Miggy you said, around what's his here. Name? What's Miggles. Wiggles. Mingles. Miggles. Mark Mingles. I said the Wiggles. Wiggles? Please, if turn. there's any name in the building who you should know, it's, it's Mark Mingles. Yes. No, I know him. I never knew You got a you dead battery. Mingles. You got a flat tire. Yeah. You got something that needs yeah. fixed. Mingles can go out there. Right. He can pop the hood, and he can MacGyver that son of a bitch right. to get you home. I didn't yes. know that. No, I'm glad. Mingles is the best. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Uh, Don't do not No, do let's not get distracted from Bill Belichick because yeah. uh, Belichick spoke for the first time. Uh, and, of course, there are good reports on DeMar Hamlin. Uh, I know Rap Sheet has added to sort of his report that Apparently, he is responding, opened his eyes last night, has been gripping hands of those close to him, according to uh, Ian Rappaport. But uh, you played for Bill Belichick. You've seen all sides of Bill Belichick. Were you surprised at anything you just heard from Bill? No, and, you know, um, I think a lot of people are waiting to hear from him and, you know, his response and what he thinks. And he mentioned the same story we were talking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, hell, I can't believe we didn't remember that he was on that staff. That Keyshawn Johnson, Reggie Brown hit. Oh, that's right. Because he that would have been ninety. He was with Keyshawn Jets. Johnson, yeah. right? So he was the D coordinator of that oh, team. Good, good. Which I can't. Rem- I can't believe which we just it didn't click to any no, of us. It, it was just wow. This player had this. I was happen. like, wow. We just mentioned that story the other day. So yeah. So I'm sure that's one of many stories. So the 207 even just texted in real quick. Not what I was expecting from Bill B. Hoodsworth. What do you think it was like? What too compassionate? No, I think it's for for people like you who've seen the other side. It's easy to understand. 
But if you're 25 years old, all you've seen is winning and heard that the guy is ruthless, cuts people, makes hard decisions, drove Tom Brady out of town. Some people can't put into context what they might have heard. I think he's that was my issue. Like nobody's better at him than doing this. Like nobody's better than giving, you know, a whole like, you know, hey, uh, here's what happens in the past. Here's uh, what I've dealt with. Here's how we deal with it. So he mentions um, I actually thought when, when he started saying there's two people or two players, I think that's how he said it. He phrased it two players. And then he rephrased it and said two people on my two guys on my staff. Bingo. Okay, because as soon as he said two players, I was like, oh, it's going to be Devin McCourty and Matthew Slater. So a lot of people thought, yeah. Okay, but he goes the Gerard Mayo and Troy Brown. I lean on those guys, played at the highest level, played played for a long time. You know, I trust them. So I wonder, did he say, hey, what should we do? He said he talked to them on a Tuesday. Now, they played on Sunday, right? They played on Sunday, which was New Year's Day, January 1. They usually don't come in on a Tuesday. You, you're off on a Tuesday. Well, on Monday, I know we talked to Hunter Henry and Matt Judon, and it wasn't the clean, hey, we're going to hand you the phone in Gillette Stadium. So I wonder if players might have had at least Monday off or reported a little late or said to go in for some injury check or whatever, and, and he but you took would care go, of them on that end. The game's not on Saturday, so you if you have Monday off, you still have Tuesday off. Right. Unless unique situation, set of circumstances, everybody coming on Tuesday, we got to talk. That may have been what it was. Mm-hmm. If I give you Monday off, Tuesday's always off, unless it's Saturday or Thursday, and then you work on Tuesday, and then you have the weekend off. So, so the, the whole thing with Hamlin might have necessitated a chat change, yeah. let's put it that way. Yeah. But in terms of, of Bill mentioned player safety, yep. which I thought was interesting, yep. and the road you were going down, which is he went out of his way to highlight Mayo and Brown as two guys he really listens to. Yeah, yeah I thought that was interesting. Um I mean, because I, I, uh, what Matt Patricia, you know, Joe Judge, you know, those guys that you elevated to those those important positions. Well, would he have ever said that if Ray Ventrone were on staff? Like, no. would he be like, oh, Bubba's one of the guys I yeah. listen to? No. I think there's a bit of a different connection with those guys. Red Jackie guys. But does that, well, that's the thing. Like, yeah. does that resonate with you at all? Were you surprised to hear Bill say that? And how would you turn to those guys well, here's the in thing. an instance like this and get advice on whatever it the is? The answer is yes, I am surprised because he's got strong leadership. As players, those are the guys who are really like, hey, just talk talk to the captains. Talk to Devin McCourty. Talk to, you know, I, I'm curious to why he mentioned them. I mean, listen, they're available. So, I mean, I can understand why you would grab those guys. But uh, usually in these situations, it's like the strong leadership positions, the strong leadership voices that carry the most weight. Ask the guys that are currently playing. Ask like, like, I mean, ask them. I mean, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Can I lay I a scenario was, quick? Yeah, go ahead. That maybe he talks to those guys on the, how do I talk to these guys about this? More of a, I know I got some older guys in here, but overall I got a really young team. What do you think? More more that that than anything no, else. No, it's all. So there's a massive age gap between Bill and the majority of the guys on the roster, but with Mayo and to a lesser extent Troy Brown, much closer in age, and again, coming off of having been players, yada, yada, all that. I always think about sometimes, and I guess it's just habit, regardless of the situation, and maybe it's, it is it is what it is. Like, whenever Bill says something, I always f- try to figure out why is he saying that? Why is he highlighting this particular player? Why is he talking about this punt returner? Like, why is he, why is he take the time to, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, compliment, you know, Jacoby Myers? 
Why is he talking about Gerard Mayo and Troy Brown? So I said, well, Gerard Mayo wants to be a head coach. Let me throw him a bone. Let me mention his name. Strong leadership position. Listen to this guy. This guy's important in the locker room. People listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. You know, you can trust this guy. Troy Brown, maybe, I don't know if he has those aspirations. Gerard Mayo is openly talking about he still wants to be a head coach. That's just the way I went to three different places. And, you know, one was like, wow, he didn't mention uh, Devin McCourty. Matthew Slater. Huh. He chose to use former players that are on his coaching staff. It doesn't matter. But it's just the, you know, the, the... Well, if he had said Matt Patricia, it would have mattered. That's but by true. mentioning... But Don't by, listen to him. Right, but by mentioning the two players that he did, no one looks at Bill with a crooked eye. Yeah, because, well, respect, and that's my point. And I don't... And I feel like it's, it's just habit. I sit there, we listen to him every single day during a press conference, and I dissect and I try to filter the BS and try to find out the real reason. Like, why aren't you talking about this team? What, what is this? Uh, why aren't you... Uh, why are you gaslighting me? You know, so, um, but I, but it is, I mean, other than just giving an example, like he didn't, I guess he didn't really say anything other than just thoughts and prayers. Here's how we're handling it. Here's a quick story about how I dealt with it. Player safety is always important. But everybody also wanted to hear from him. NFL Network went a little live on yeah. it. We picked it up a little late. The 617 is uh, hammering Bill here. Never even mentioned Hamlin's name. No, we're happy he's improving. No thoughts and prayers. He raves about some other guy that got hurt. Terrible. And I'm like, no. We we also did miss about a minute and a half in the very beginning yeah. when Bill got up there. And, you know, I... Um, you know, that is one thing that Bill is reticent to do on the whole is when it could be negative, controversial, something like that, he, he knows how to kind of talk around it a little bit. If he's going to pump up Josh Allen as a great player, that's one thing. If it's a, I'm going to be a little delicate here, then maybe he doesn't mention people by name. But I know in the beginning there was the the whole, hey, Bill, you know, we know what happened, and he came out and did his thing. But I... um. That's a side of Bill Belichick that people don't see very often. So I can understand why a lot of fans would be like, wow, that was a little different. Yeah, I don't know. You're what they, used to it. Yeah, I don't You've know. You've been around Yeah, it. I don't know what he's a, what do you, what do you, he's not his player. It's not his team. He's indirectly connected to it because they're playing on Sunday. But it's more about saying something to manage his own players through yeah. this than it is. Like, I didn't think we were going to get a grandiose statement. Yeah. But again, he's the EF Hutton of the NFL. Yeah. When that guy speaks, people listen. Yeah. Old reference to an old commercial that our younger audience Google may not it, know kids. about. Please go to the Google machine and type in I EF think Hutton. people know EF Hutton by now. Yeah, I don't know. I've used this reference before. People were killing me for it. Really? Yes. Yes. Somebody call in and tell me what EF Hutton means without you looking up the Google machine. Oh, well, it's too late now. Yeah, you true. told him where to go. Yeah, that's true. Plus, it's also time for the lunchtime parlay. Here we go. Let's help you make a little bit of money today. Now, for those of you that are used to the parlay here during this time slot, it used to be a four-leg parlay. Now, it's only a three-leg parlay because... Well, Fourier admittedly doesn't know anything about gambling. I just want to watch. I like to watch. And Gresh. the uh, oh, do you really? Yeah, I like to watch. Oh, a pervy gambler right. guy. <laughs> That's me. You want to watch us go with uh -huh. put in the bet slips? I want to watch you three guys and just like just and just get all crazy about Fourier's it. Fourier's shot in the dark last night was the uh, Cavs and the Suns going over two seventeen and a half. Yeah. Uh, the game ended ninety eighty eight. So we didn't even get to 200 points on that one. But again, that's why we tell people it is the old shot in the dark. So 
Are you sitting today out? Or I'm sitting this gonna, one out. You're yeah. sitting this I, one out today. Lou is coming on at 1225. Lou Merloni coming back, talking Red Sox, talking Devers. I wanna, I'm prepping for that right now. I, I was a little – I got – behind in my work so go ahead oh you got behind yeah, I got in behind. your work so i'm gonna do my work because you were too busy fiddling around with your damn microphone yes true another story for another time so last night again we are 0 for 2 on the new lunchtime parlay uh i had the magic uh billy and terp missed on their nba picks but we get right back up on that horse once again so here we go and let me lead the way for today's lunchtime parlay uh i'm going nhl and i know that there is the the thought of you don't bet against a streak, mm-hmm. bet into a streak. Well, Vegas is getting Jack Eichel back. They're on a bit of a heater. I think it's a five-game winning streak. Pittsburgh has uh, lost a bunch in a row here, and, and it might be too much. I think Vegas might have only won a couple games in a row, but Pittsburgh, as we know, in Boston up here for the Winter Classic, lost again. Uh, they're on a slide. Give me Vegas, who are skinny odds on the money line. Uh, Vegas money line minus 120, hosting Pittsburgh tonight in the NHL. Billy Lanning, what do you have, Come on, buddy? Billy. Jason Tatum facing the Dallas Mavericks. Give me Jason Tatum over 30 and a half points. Big MVP game tonight against Dallas and Luka. I like that. Terp, what do you got? I'm going to stick with that game. I'm going to go Celtics Magic, or Celtics Mavericks, excuse me. Clear your throat. Over. (laughs) Sorry. Total over 232 points. The Celtics have allowed, what is it? 273 points or something in the last two games. You had that note in the email. Something ridiculous. So I would go with the over in that game. All right. So there we go. Uh, By the way, literally as I'm looking at the the, uh, the DraftKings app, the number on Jason Tatum has gone up to 31 and a half. But Billy locked it in at 30 and a half. So that's what we're going with. So your $10, ladies and gentlemen, will win you a cool $54.31. Bet a little to win a lot. And we'll get those up on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter, Gresh Fourier, W-E-E-I, on Instagram, Gresh and Fourier. Make sure you spell out A-N-D. As, of course, Fourier mentioned, Louis Merloni will join us to talk baseball next we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Now, more Crash and Fourier on WEEI. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, Ho, H to the O-V. I used to move snowflakes by the up. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the R-O-C. Ho, fresh out the frying pan into the fire. Oh, baby. Let's-
Let's talk some baseball. Raphael Devers has signed a long-term contract extension, so everybody feels good, but what does it mean for the old ball club as... Uh, the great Dave Dombrowski used to say, 1223 Gresham Fourier here with you. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline, he is the voice of Boston baseball, our friend Lou Merloni. Lewis, how are you? I am good. How about that? Look at that. Harbor One Hotline. What's up, Fourier? <laughs> Hello, Lou. Hey, uh, Lou. <laughs> it's like as, as, as much as they try to you try to get out, they bring you back in, Lou. They, they bring, bring you back in. in. Back in, and you disrupted me too because I have a nice little day going on. I know. Drinking gin. I got some flooring, some wallpaper, stuff like that. You know. Maybe Bed Bath and Beyond later on. I don't know if I have enough time. Let's see. You can go to the clearance sale, find out what's left, 80% off. Yeah, exactly. Lose lose helicopter just went. It just took off as well. No, motorcycle. Uh, all right, man. So Raphael Devers gets an 11 year contract. It's well yeah. over $300 million. Your just yeah. initial thoughts on that alone that the Red Sox blinked? Well, my initial reaction was thank God. You know, I think like a lot of people are wondering like, what the direction is. Like, are they not going to be doing this? Are they not going to be involved in, you know, elite talent? Because that's where the game is right now, right? You need stars, and these stars are being paid for 10 years, 11 years. So. Um, it was nice to see that. I know a lot of people talking about, well, it doesn't save the offseason. They still have a lot of questions on this club. I think what this does is makes you feel better about the next five or six years. You know, if they're building something, it's hard to envision building anything in the next few years without Rafi Devers. So, Lou, the, the thing that's interesting to me is like, okay, now suddenly with all this money, with all these years attached to Rafael Devers, he's the face of the franchise. And yeah. I would think uh, the, the de facto leader. So do you think he's capable of being the face and the leader of this team? I don't think he's ready for that right now. You know, I think you're still searching for leadership. I mean, that was one thing about Bogey. I mean, you, you could make an argument. You can have a debate. You, you can replace Bogarts the player. Um, I don't think you can debate losing Bogarts the person, you know, and the leader on that team. So I think that's where it takes a little bit of a hit. I think he's still a little bit young for that. I mean, let's face it. You know, he's still kind of understanding the English language, being able to communicate with the media. Um, I think there's a leadership quality of him in that locker room, but I still think he's a little bit young for that. Uh, Lou, the, does the price point bother you at all? Does the years bother you at all? Is, is there any worry there about the back end of this contract, considering we lived through the Red Sox, I think kind of swallowing hard and having to send you know yeah. two or three years' worth of checks to Dustin Pedroia for the end of that contract? Well, I think cleaning up that report as is really like a 10-year extension on top of this year. It takes until his age 36 season. I think that makes you feel a lot better. You know, and, and I honestly do believe that if he got to free agency, there was not a, you know, till 36. He was looking till 40 like everybody else. There was a 13, 14-year deal waiting for him. So this is, you know, you get him to your 36 years old. Obviously, he's probably transitioned to DH at some point. This is the price of doing business. I mean, financially, you can look at it and say, does any of these long-term deals make sense financially? No, they don't. Someone's going to pay the price six, seven, eight years from now. I mean, we'll be looking around the league at the last couple of years of signings and just sort of wonder where some of these teams are with these players. But it's the price of business. You want to win? You want to have good players? Like, this is what you do. And I think now it's eye-opening because I think a lot of teams are going to be Doing what the Atlanta Braves did, right? Trying to tie these guys up early. And as we move forward, there's going to be less and less free agents because they're all tied up to the ages of 36, 39 years old. So, Lou, do you, uh, we were talking about this earlier the whole like uh, winter classic, John Henry shows up and people are booing him and 
you know, telling him to pay Rafi Davis. Do you think yeah. that forced him to, to get this deal done sooner than he anticipated? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's it's an interesting thought, you know, that, you know, he came out of his cave a little bit, wherever <laughs> he's been hanging out on his yacht or wherever it might be, and kind of was thrown into reality of like a fan base. And kind of now, you, you know, you can, it's one thing to hear that the fans aren't happy with that, you know, with the way the organization's going. But when you see it in person and people yelling at you, Maybe it's a little more realistic, but I find it hard to believe anybody sits there and says, you know what, I got booed today. Let me go give out $330 million. I think it goes deeper than that. I think it's been in the works for a little bit of time. Yeah, well, Lou, I wonder if it if it was maybe sort of pushing it over the finish line, whereas if you look at the way the Red Sox went after Bogarts, there yep. was, we're only going to do so many years, we're only going to do so much money, and if, if it was kind of the same thought process for Rafi Devers, I wonder if anything else, the booing to the owner meant the couple more years to be able to get this thing over the finish line. Yeah, you know, it might have. I just think I think his age really played a factor into this thing. I think that people in baseball look around and say, I have I have no interest in paying anybody till they're 39, 40, 41 years old, like we've seen here recently. But the fact that he's 36, the fact that he's a bat, you know, the fact that you, know, you look at a guy like David Ortiz and got the last three or four years, at age 33, 34, 35, he can still be a productive hitter. I think age played a huge role in the Red Sox kind of feeling comfortable giving him out, you know, paying him out for the next 11. So we're talking to, to Lou Merloni. Like, it feels weird. Hey, yeah. we're, talking, we're talking to Lou Merloni. I know. Uh, <laughs> I miss the ass pads yeah. in the hallway. I, I, I know. Do. So it was So, Lou, so you mentioned, like, these other deals. Um, yeah. Like, you know, playing, like, you know, some of these guys, like Xander, you know, into you know, 41 and, you know, Trey Turner into his – all these guys into their 40s or near 40. I know. So yeah. is this the best deal of the offseason? Did the Hyam Bloom just pull off the best deal of the offseason? Uh, it's an interesting way of looking at it. You know, I think you could argue that, you know, the fact that he didn't have to pay 13 or 14 years, but I think there were, the thing is, this is the difference, and this is the difference of an extension and free agency, right? Like this whole idea of trying to offer Rafi what they offered him last year or trying to offer, you know, try to convince yourself that it was a fair deal to uh, Xander Bogarts, the 4-90, and, and, and try to say, well, it's just an extension. They're different than free agencies. No, 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 this is an extension. Instead of paying 13 years, or 14 years, you get him at 11. You know what I mean? This is, it, it shouldn't be that drastic. So it's just, this is close. This is a good deal. I, you know, I, I like this, especially with the kind of almost like a 10-year extension on top of the 17 and a half this year. Lou Maloney with us. Of course, the uh, voice of Boston baseball with us here on uh, Gresham Fourier. Um, but Devers as the leader, Lou, yeah. obviously there's no more David Ortiz. Ortiz will be happy that Devers is here, but that sure. doesn't mean he can exactly replace the presence that either Big Poppy or Xander Bogarts had. Do you think there will be, like, how does that work in the baseball world? A lot of people on the outside just say, well, your highest paid guy's got to be the leader. But I don't know if that fits here. So how do you see leadership evolving with the Red Sox as they get closer to spring training? I think a lot of the, these, these veteran players that they've brought in, a guy like Turner, I think is a guy, given his experience, that steps right in and becomes a leader on this team. I think Kike Hernandez becomes a leader. I think guys like Christian Arroyo can be leaders. You know, uh, hopefully he's active for most of the season. But, you know, a guy like Trevor Story, I think this, there are a lot of veteran guys that have been around this league that have won that can be leaders. There are some guys in that staff. Now, a lot of them are, are you know, high-risk injuries, but guys like Kluber and Sale, I mean, these guys have been around a little bit. So that is going to be adjustment. Leadership comes from your head coach as well, the manager, and that's where Alex Gore steps in. So 
that, that'll be interesting to see the way, the way the whole – really, tell me who's healthy. I mean, that, that's my biggest concern of this team, like the health up and down this roster. But if a guy is healthy out there performing – he kind of with that you know veteran leadership behind him. I think that helps. So Lou, you talk we talk about the leadership aspect, but with the money also comes expect, expectations as far as production. Yep. Okay, so can he handle that? Because now, hey, listen, no excuses. We're paying you a lot of money. You got to perform every year. Yeah, I think he can, and I think the one thing that I really liked about it was like last year, um, playing through injury in the second half. The numbers weren't good for Devers. Yeah, you know, in the second half, he wasn't himself. It was a monster first half. But the fact that he just posted, the fact that he just played, you know what I mean? I I like because you you give a guy this kind of money. Games played. There comes a point in your career where games played is the most important stat in baseball. Because if you're a guy like Rafi Devers and you play 150, 155 games, or Xander Bogus like he does, the numbers usually there, right? And I like the fact that he kind of played through that hamstring last year. So. I think he can handle the expectations. I still don't think we've seen the best of Rafi Devers. I think that we're still going to see that in the next two or three or four years. Lou, can a starting pitcher be the leader of a baseball team? It's hard. You know, it's hard because, uh, you know, I think the pitchers kind of do their own thing. It's not like a completely separated group, but um, I think a leader, you know, pitchers can be leaders on the bench, things like that, but I think it's hard. I think you got leaders for your pitching staff, you got leaders for your position players. So, Lou, the other question is, um, you know, they were a last place team before this move. Where are yeah. they at now? You know, I, I still, I would put them still ahead of Baltimore. I know everybody loves Baltimore, um, but, you know, oh, they're going to go crazy in free agency. They haven't done anything. They've done nothing. nothing. Nada. So everyone's like, oh, they're going to blow up. They haven't done anything. Okay. And their bullpen was outstanding last year. Sometimes those are unpredictable. We'll see if it's as good as it was last year. So I still have them there. They still have a lot of, they still have holes. I mean, there's, there's no question about it. Like, Devers was important because he and Verdugo right now represent the only position players you have that you feel comfortable that can play 145 games. Okay, and when you look at the staff, Nick Pavetta is probably the only starter you have that you feel comfortable that can give you 160 innings. I mean, that's the reality of it. I'd like to see a more constant arm come in this organization through trade and even another outfielder or shortstop, uh, whichever it may be, but they still got to fill some balls. So that was my next question to this: is so is Hyam Bloom? Is he is he uh, is he having like a sigh of relief, or is he like walking around be like mission accomplished? High five, everybody! <laughs> like what is no. what is like what's Hyam Bloom doing, Lou? <laughs> Yeah, he's like, no, what, what, huge, huge sigh of relief, I think, because <laughs> whatever, whatever it is in his mind that he is planning for the next two or three years, or whatever it might be for the, the vision of this organization, I don't know how that plan comes together without having a guy like Devers in your lineup. Like, I, I don't know where that bat comes from. You know, now you can sit there and say, okay, Cassis can kind of step up. You know, now all of a sudden you got a couple of lefties. Find me a righty in the middle of those two guys, but I don't think he's done. I think he needs to pull off a trade. Some of those rumors are intriguing to me with guys down in Miami. There's some, a lot of starting pitchers down there that I like a lot. They have a shortstop in Rojas that I like a lot. I would like for them to get a shortstop and another starting pitcher. And I like to put Story back at second, a Royals utility guy, keep him kind of healthy if you can, and kind of go from there. But he has an opportunity in like one trade you know, or two to kind of change the feeling a little bit. Will it evolve to a championship roster? I find that hard to believe but it'll be one that can compete for that final wildcard spot. Lou, can, uh, do you think Bloom can do business with Florida without including Tristan Casas? Because the one thing that caught me with that was, it's like, wait a minute, they've been waiting for this guy to come up, and now they would punt on him to get something else? Yeah, it's interesting. I think Dick really counting on Casas, you know, to kind of be that, like, four or five-hole hitter mm-hmm. in the future mainstay. So 
um, to give up on him, it would have to be an arm that they absolutely love. And, uh, you know, so the way I look at it is if you had, like, Bayo becomes exactly what you think he is and Cassius becomes exactly who you think he is, who's more valuable? So if I can – I think it's Bayo. I think it's a starting pitcher. So if I can find a starting pitcher that I can put next to Bayo for the next six years – for a guy like Cassis, and, and that's the only thing I would possibly think of, and maybe even clean up another hole. Um, so I, I think he's pretty close to untouchable, but you know, I'm not so sure anybody really is when it comes down to it, depending on what you can get back. So, Lou, the last one for me is because before this, we've spent so many off-seasons, sorry, like spring trainings and you know seasons yeah. talking about John Lester, Mookie Betts, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know uh, Xander Bogarts, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so and that was going to be the narrative at the start of spring training if this deal doesn't get done. Now that this deal is done, now what is the opening day narrative in spring training regarding the Red Sox? Well, yeah, we've heard this before from this club, and they're going to use the hell out of it. Nobody thinks we're any good. You know what I mean? That that's just the bottom line. You know, they, they, you got starting pitchers. That, there, there's a lot of upside with this staff in far as like Sale and Kluber and Paxton, but I think the risk outweighs the upside. You know, I think there's just too much risk. For me to even kind of buy into that, that's why I think they need another arm. So, but it's going to be, you know, we've got Rafi here for the next whatever amount of years. We brought in some veterans that know how to win. Nobody thinks we're going to be competitive. Everybody picks us to finish fifth. And that's, that's going to be the talk, I think, a lot. And depending on what else Heim does the rest of the way, it's going to be like, see, I told you we'd take care of this, or we take care of that. Everybody calm down and let this thing play out. But we'll see. He's got more moves to make. I know I never got a chance to sort of ask you about this, but Kenley Jansen, like, I know for me, I believe in a closer. You need one, it sets your bullpen. A, do you subscribe to that theory? And maybe more importantly, Lou, B, does Alex Cora subscribe to that theory? And his life got made a hell of a lot easier by having Jansen on the back end of that pen. Yeah, I think everybody subscribes to that theory. The only people that don't are the ones that don't have a closer and try to talk themselves into it. (laughs) There you go. Like, that's the way I look at it. So, Jansen, to me, is, is a guy, a veteran that knows how to close. I mean, I don't think he's going to be lights out. He will blow some games. The stuff maybe isn't what it was once, you know, once uh, a while back. But he has the mentality and the confidence that you want someone to take the ball in the ninth inning. The big interesting thing for me is, because I don't think it's been announced yet, the World Baseball Classic is, like, early mid-March. And he played for the Netherlands with Bogey a few years back, five years ago. I don't think they would want him any part of that. I think they want him in camp. I think they want him on a pitch clock. I think they want to try to get him comfortable throwing the ball every 18 seconds because this guy's the slowest pitcher in baseball, and it is going to be an adjustment for him. So the quicker he can get to camp and avoid the World Baseball Classic, I think the better for the Red Sox. Great stuff from our friend Lou Merloni, the voice of Boston baseball. Lou, thank you, man. We appreciate the breakdown. That was a ton of fun, brother. Hey, anytime, boys. I miss you guys. You'll be good now. I'm going to go back down and maybe take a nap in the afternoon. I was going to say, get, they got that wallpaper to get up before uh, your wife gets home. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks. Get thanks, on buddy. it, brother. Hey, thanks, See Lou. We, we appreciate you. There goes our buddy uh, Lou Maloney with us on the Harbor One Hotline. That's an interesting little nugget that he dropped there about Kenley Jansen, the whole, hey, this guy's slow as hell. Get him out of the world. By the way, I don't want any of my big-name players in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. It's great that they want to do this kumbaya, let's spread baseball all over the world stuff. Figure out how to do it not right before spring training when guys can get hurt. So it's funny. You talk about a closer. That's the one position where, like, dude, I don't care how long it takes. Just take your time. Like, close the game out. But but it And I would almost think that that rule – would uh would be in, not in effect when it comes to closers. Like ninth inning, I feel like they would say, take as much time as you want. 
the circumstances are are what they are at their highest level. Uh, you know what? I don't want you bitching and complaining about how you have to rush. Never thought about that. Because if you allow closers to not rush, then they're going to be starting pitchers that are going to be like, then why are you rushing I know, me? But, it, but different, though. I mean, I feel like the, I almost feel like closers are like kickers or like special teams players. Like they're specialists. They're not, you know, they're not starters. They're a specialist. They only come in when you need them, when you can't finish the game like a mm. kicker. I can't score a touchdown. Hey, stupid, stupid kicker, come save our ass. Like, that is the way I think about it. I mean, isn't that, just, isn't that what it is? Kickers are people, too. No, they're not. Now you're mixing. Now, would you say <laughs> that to Adam Vinatieri? You know you wouldn't. Boys, have you seen Adam Vinatieri, by the way? Listen. He's jacked. He's not a kicker. He never really was. No. He's like... Blowing up, he's like he got stung by a bee. He's massive right he's now, like, I but not in a but not in a shime kind of way. <laughs> no, no, it's almost like <laughs> it's like he needs to take one of the what's the ones that cuts you, makes you all cut and lean. Like he's all puffy. He's like like you know almost like strongman like body now. But instead he, of being all like you know like MMA type, all fit and ripped. He's only like what two years younger than you, three years younger than you. Uh, I think he's like fifty that? now. He's officially fifty. Oh, so he's in the yeah, club and I'm fifty-one. Now? He's okay. we're like the all same right. age. Yes. I thought because he is like he's he's definitely taking the whole Jack Kicker thing to another level. Like he's pushing Feely out the door on that. You know, like like when comedians, when a fat comedian decides he wants to get fit, they suddenly become like not funny. You know what I mean? You ever seen that? Really? Like, if you're a fat comic and a lot of your jokes are about, like, you know, so self-deprecating now, and you're, they're fat jokes. Now you're fit. So now you're not funny anymore. Lenny Clark is not funny because he's thin and he wears what looks like was, you know, the stuff that would cover grandma's uh, couch. Less funny. Less funny? Less funny. Next time he sees you, he's going to slap you That's upside the right. head. Like, he's better when he was fat. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that is rough. Last time I, I love Lenny. Last time yeah. I saw Lenny, you know, I was like, he he had he just like keeled over in some I know, I know. parking it's, 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 garage. It's the last person we want to make fun of. No, no we, we love him, but he's the I one know, guy. But he was like had issues, like he was sick and yeah, stuff like but that. He's so. the, but uh, but I he's funny, you, fat or whatever. Do you wait, you really don't agree with that that whole philosophy? No, that whole I theory? don't at all. No, I think fat people, comics who become thin are less funny when they're thin. Here's why: because at some point you can only go so far with that gimmick. Uh, and Lanny would remember this. John Panette. Do you remember that guy? No. He's the guy who would yell that they would kick him out of the, the Chinese buffet. You know, you're here too long, all that kind of yeah. stuff, right? I think he died. Might have, might have been. I know he's dead, but I think it was circumstances. Yeah, some, some stuff in the background. Let's put it that There's way. There's not right? a current comedian that has that issue. Um, that I can think of off the top of my head. I can go old, old school like Joe Piscopo. Like, that's the guy that got way too fit and strong, and it's like, you're not funny anymore. Somebody said Gabriel Iglesias, but I don't think he slimmed down. No, did he? he He's did. Still fluffy. He, you know, he was a, he became a, he was diagnosed as a diabetic. Um and he thinned he lost weight but he's not like he lost enough. <laughs> he's not like MMA ripped right like no, CrossFit no. ripped. When they become CrossFit ripped, it's too much. He still got a lot of little bit on him. Iglesias. Somebody said Jonah Hill wasn't funny when he was skinny. <laughs> right, it's another guy. He but looks he's terrible. An actor. He's, he's not a comedian. But he's be- he was better when he was fat. He's a comedic actor. Again, still better when he was fat. You can't put him in some romantic comedy. He's got to be the stone dude who's like always getting himself into stupid trouble. <laughs> right? That's what he's got to be. <laughs> that's my that's my theory on it. Prove right. me wrong. Christian's theory on fat comedians. What we've learned in the first week with <laughs> Gresham Fourier. Uh, the Celtics 
Nets are going to take on the Mavericks. It's a big battle in the MVP race, but there's a lot more to break down. We'll do it next. The exclusive home for Patriots Monday and Friday. Do your job, job, job. Well, Dynasty continues. WEEI. WEEI. New England Sports Original. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. You should have lost all that weight, man. There's nothing funny about a physically fit man. I know, it's lame, right? Yeah, no one wants to watch Lance Armstrong do comedy. Oh, God. Is that what seeped into your brain when that came out just in the subconscious earlier when you talked about skinny and fat comics? No, I didn't even know that existed. I never heard that before. But uh, Billy came in, you know, demanding Billy that he is. Like, very, like, you know, Taskmaster Billy. Billy, like, yelling and screaming already. Billy is the chillest guy. Oh, don't get paid for your reads. Whatever. <laughs> Not my <laughs> money. You know what? That's a good point. Billy is so Boston. <laughs> he is so Boston. <laughs> but he is. In a great way. Wait till he tells you to kick rocks. Well, well that's my point. the lines I heard at the other place ever out of the line about uh, the mouth uh, of Billy Lanny. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Kick rocks. I'm totally fine it was, with it. It was when the, uh, it was the Jack McCormick thing, wasn't it? Where his Manny didn't no, get his the, tickets? The, or? the kick rocks was, I said to Papelbon to kick rocks. That's what it was. Because I said, hey, we have Daniel Bod, and then Daniel Bod com- turned into Daniel Bod. But I thought there was the... What would old man Lanny have done and asked for the tickets? I said, yeah, my father would have got him his tickets. (laughs) (laughs) See, I can't. So, Billy, so the point is, is that uh, if you're skinny and fit and then you get fat, you can still be funny. But if you're fat, like if Chris Farley ended up looking like Lance Armstrong, he could not do... You know, falls. He cannot do silly stuff. Well, he listen, would not be funny anymore. You almost cannot use him as an example. Oh, so he's the Tom Brady, David Ortiz. Kind of, from okay. this respect. No, right. no. Normally, people that do coke like him are not fat. <laughs> That's sure. why he was completely different. Yeah. That guy ended up blue. If you've ever, is it death.com? I think it was. We would have talked about this before. But like the photos that are out there, the internet of him where like the upper part of him is blue and he's laying in the in the lobby of the, or he's laying in the uh, foyer of the hotel suite. They got the pictures of him really? dead. Oh, yeah, they're saw, out there. I saw that. I'll show you next. I'll show you during the break. I still got something else to play for you. But Jeez, no, okay. but they're out there. And uh, no, that guy was huge and he did the cocaina. And normally that leans you out from what I've been told. I don't know. I That's would the one think. thing I never, I got plausible deniability for all that stuff. Are you a drug addict? Well, look at me. Even though I've lost weight, no, for crying out loud. Well, I mean, like the one thing like that I've heard of, like if it's like some sort of, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know who the guy was from Friends uh, who just did this, wrote this whole book about all the drugs that he was taking. Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry was the guy, and he was doing God like Adderall and all sorts of drugs, and he got skinny as hell. Like that's the diet plan I want without the lasting effects. <laughs> you know, oh, listen. So you want it easy as all yes, can be. Yes, yes. Forget yes. the fact that your uh, body is an engine. You are a professional athlete. You understand how to eat and do all these stop. things. Please and stop. Stop saying I'm a professional. I was like 30 years ago. Yeah. That doesn't. That none of that holds up anymore. Though. None of it. Look at Damian Woody. I see him on TV right now. He went on a fat show to get skinny. He went on the Biggest Loser. <laughs> he went on the Biggest Loser, and he yeah. looks miserable. Well, he was on there. <laughs> he he not, went the he, other way he, now. I but. know. It's like he totally lost all his, got his weight back. This is uh, pretty amazing to uh, say the least. Someone said, who are you guys talking about right now? Uh, he made a, uh, Christian made a comment about uh, chubby comedians. Yeah. Keep up 774. You can't what are we gonna be do? fat as a comedian and then get skinny and think you're still going to be funny. 
Doesn't work. All right, we're going to have to find the example of this because the Celtics, uh, nothing funny about the way they've been playing defense as of late. As Terp mentioned, the Celtics have now allowed 273 points in their last two games. Opponents shooting a combined 58.1%. Dallas has won seven in a row. Celtics have lost two in a row. But tonight it is uh, the Celtics at the Mavericks. And I think for some people, this is – you're watching this game for two things, Foyer. Yeah. One – can the Celtics turn around? Can they actually play some defense? Can they find a way to slow down a Mavericks team that while they do have some other players around uh, Luka, it's really all about Luka. Yep. And then there is the Tatum versus Luka MVP battle. Which one interests you more, the individual battle or the team battle? Well, see, um, here's my thing. The Brown battle. This is the guy who's going to shine today. You think Jalen Brown? Jalen Brown is going to be the guy, the little, the little guy, that little brother that nobody like uh, thinks of. That that is never when it comes to head to head matchups in in the NBA, which are actually so much better than, hey, uh, Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. They don't play against each other. These matchups are significant. You actually get to play offense and defense against the person and actually see who is the better player. But I do think as soon as you said that, it's it's billed as Tatum versus Luca, TNT. National game, lots of eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Celtics coming off that embarrassing loss to OKC, so you know they're going to come ready to play. Like you know, you're going to get everything. Mm-hmm. And my 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 theory is that Jalen Brown thrives in these situations. I'm not featured. I'm not the graphic leading into breaks. They're not talking about me as much as they are Tatum and Luca. And sure enough, Tatum averages 30 points a game. I average 27.2 points a game. Is there really a big difference? Is there really this huge gap between us? This is me as Jalen Brown because right. I feel disrespected. I feel like looked over. Nobody's paying attention to me. I'm just as important. So that's my that's my take, and it's been that way for a while now. I know Tatum is billed as like you know the future MVP, but Jalen's always kind of like right there on his heels. So when I when I wish I should have taken this, I should have taken this game uh, in the parlay. I should have taken Jalen Brown. And I wish I could go back because whatever his over and under is, whatever if you go like who had the most, who's going to have the most points, it's going to be Jalen Brown. All right. Well, even though it isn't officially noted, it is noted yeah. that you would have gone there. Yeah. So, we'll what are you thinking the, of this? What's no, your take? no. I, for me, I'm much more <laughs> interested in the battle of the two guys with the MVP because I don't think Dallas is a championship contender. I think what the Celtics are kind of going through are some of the things the teams in the league go through. Uh, last time out was a little odd. Not only did you give up 150, but you know you had uh, Marcus Smart got thrown out. You know Time Lord didn't play. So I'm of the okay the because unfortunately for us here in Boston, we're gonna look at the MVP race very differently than those nationally. That's why this game is important tonight because for those you know just ham and eggers who are like, yeah, I got an MVP vote. Ah, let me look at the stats and do a little bit of research. These are the kinds of games and head-to-head matchups that national MVP voters pay attention and keep an eye on. Yeah. So well, from guess, the Tatum end of it, because I think the Celtics, they're better than the Mavericks. Even if they lose tonight, they're going to be fine. But on nights like tonight, this is where Tatum's got to step up and play great so that those people who are in Sacramento or Portland or Seattle or whatever that are voting on this stuff, they got a comparable. It will be interesting to see. It, the nat the NBA the natural like you know human nature it's say okay we're we let go of that one we were embarrassed we talked about it let's make up for it 
mm-hmm. on the road, match the energy, that whole thing. Um, you know, it's going to be a – they're come out fast, and let's see how they finish. Well, they also gave up 150. I'd like to think that the Celtics are going to put together good performance tonight. No, I would – Because that's would, unacceptable. But even in that game, like, the Tatum and Brown were the only ones that had, like, right. Tatum was, like, 27, Brown was, like, 29, and nobody else did anything. Smart got thrown out third quarter. Williams yeah. didn't have – he had, like, one point or zero points, actually. He didn't Grant, have any points. Grant Williams had an interesting year. We'll have to unpack that a little bit later on as we get uh, closer towards the end of the season and the uh, playoffs because he's heading into free agency. At one thirty, the playmaker Michael Irvin will join us. But uh, I think we can now start to talk about the Bills and the Patriots game. We'll tell you why. Final hour of Gresham Fourier is next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.